0: I'm Tommy Salmons. This is Year Zero. I'm gonna keep this one short. Um, Last night, I sat down with Gord and Reed, and we were talking about trucking, uh, what their last few weeks have been like, uh, the the protests, the convoy, uh, the possibility of one in the U.S., and uh, just you know, just kind of a relaxed bullshit session. You kind of get to hear us, you know, how, how we chat with each other and kind of a behind the scenes kind of, kind of deal. And it, it, gives you a good input on how we, how we view this, this whole scenario and, and the types of things that we're talking about behind the scenes. So, um, without further ado, man, enjoy it. No ads, no nothing. Just enjoy the show. Sweet. All right. I'm here with two of my favorite truckers, Reed Coverdell. What's up,
1: dude? Not much. How are you doing tonight, man?
0: Oh, I'm doing all right. And Gord. Hello, hello. Everybody loves Gord. I know my mom's going to be especially excited because she always always likes to hear from Gord.
2: I'm, uh, I'm a little verklempt at all the positive vibes i've been getting the last couple weeks given the media i've been doing trying to defend my homeboys up north so uh yeah what's a little more gourd eh (laughs) You're, you're
0: stretched
1: a little thin at the moment
2: oh dude it's been interesting
0: yeah, I'm glad
1: so, he got on real Fox News because I just got on discount Fox News. But <laughs> Gord's actually been up in Canada, so he I'm glad he got the bigger show.
2: <laughs> all, all, all four minutes of it, it was a quick <laughs> done, dusted. So, yeah, well,
0: you know, like I you told me about it, so I went and I told my mom about it. My mom was like, When? and I was like, Okay, like I'm waiting to find out, I don't know exactly when because my mom. She just loves anytime I chat with you. And, and so she, I told her when, and she was like, as soon as your segment was over, she's texting me, he was fucking amazing. I, was like, yeah, that's <laughs> <awesome."> <laughs>
2: I, I I appreciate it. Mrs. Sammons. It's very, very kind words. Yeah. So,
0: but yeah, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about how y'all's last couple of weeks have been. Cause it's been crazy for you too. Y'all been everywhere. So uh, let's start with you, Reed, because I, you're used to all the attention.
1: Yeah, not like the last couple of weeks though. It's, um, yeah, it, I don't really know where it started. I mean, obviously what's been going on up in Canada kinda was the impetus behind it. But um, Olivia Rondo uh, gave me a shout out on Fox Business, I don't know, two or three weeks ago. And then Kennedy, ended up wanting to have me on the show so they reached out to olivia asking who i was and she gave them my contact info so they contacted me and so then we set up a time and i think this was on like a thursday or a friday of the previous week and they said we'll have you on monday night so i was like oh great so i started sharing to twitter and everywhere facebook everything like hey guys i'm gonna be on fox business on monday night at 7 p.m eastern time so make sure you know um and make sure you're ready to watch it or whatever and so this was at the same time that joe rogan was getting in hot water uh for having dr malone and i forget what the other doctor's name was but having both of them on and then they were trying to weaponize this n-word controversy against him or whatever and so then he also had like 70 episodes taken off of spotify or something like that so there's this guy uh dennis uh dennis troll king on twitter who just goes around impersonating different people all the time Mm -hmm. um and he got really big when he pretended to be the maxwell trial tracker after it got suspended (laughs) he just started it up as like and he got up to like sixteen thousand followers or something and so then right after there's all this buzz about me going on Kennedy on Monday night, he changes his name to Joe Rogan, changes his picture and everything. And he says, for my next episode, I'll be interviewing Reed Coverdale, who is organizing the U.S. trucker protest or whatever. So it, it blew up. It got thousands of likes and retweets <laughs> and everything. I and remember. I had people...
2: Some some friends of mine sent me that. Buddies of mine in Canada were like, "Hey, Gore, did you see this? This Reed guy is going to be on Rogan," and I'm like, "No, he isn't. He just got trolled real hard. It, it took them a little while to figure it out."
1: Yeah, but I got I don't know dozens of messages from people. Some of them pretty big, and some of them were like news organizations asking me. Hey, we'd love to have you on to talk about this trucker protest you're organizing or whatever. And then um is so funny like several hours later the Dennis again tweets out as Joe Rogan, I'm sorry everyone, but they have removed my episode with Reed Coverdale from Spotify so that just blew it up even more. I got even more requests and I was writing everyone back. I'm like, no, sorry, guys. I'm not organizing a protest and I'm not going on Rogan. But if you still want to have me on your show, I'll still go on. So a couple people still had me on. One was uh, Allison Morrow. And then I just went on Chrissy Mayer's podcast yesterday. Um, So still like got a lot of buzz, but there was a bunch of (laughs) artificially generated buzz from that whole troll too. Um, But then I went on Kennedy and then after that, I got some more requests. So it's been nothing but nonstop requests in the DMs. Like, hey, will you come on our show? Hey, will you come talk to us? So it's been pretty nuts. I've, uh, yeah, I've never had it like that before. So kind of interesting. Yeah. and Gord, you, yours yours has been
0: pretty wild too because you actually hit like, you're you're hitting like <laughs> national media. It, which is crazy. I mean, yeah. I mean, Reed, you are on Fox Business, which is a big deal, you know. It I, is. I, 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 when you were when you texted me and told me you were going on Kennedy, I, I, texted Scott Horton. I was like, "Hey, dude, this is badass. Reed's gonna be on fucking Kennedy on Monday." And, and Scott goes, "No shit, me too." And <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah, he was right behind me. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, so. So you've been you've been contacted by you've you've written a couple of uh, op eds for Newsweek and you went on Laura Ingram's show. So kind of give us a a fill in because you're not a public figure. Reed and I are kind of put us out ourselves out there, and you do well, it to an extent. But I mean, I'm sure you weren't prepared for all this.
2: No, no, not at all. Um, I mean, you know, I got bounced off Twitter last year on a targeted hit because somebody either associated me with amy terrasse through what's left or they didn't like what i was saying about the trucking business and i was off twitter for a while and then i came back and you know i just i just want to talk about trucking and bitch about the government you know that's it those are my two things and um somehow the trucking stuff met up with the freedom convoy and because I'd been on a few podcasts and written a couple of things already. Um, this lady at newsweek was asking for anyone that knew anything about what was going on in Ottawa. And uh, <coughs> I volunteered and I wrote this article, maybe not so much about the freedom convoy, but about the media nonsense going on in the smear campaign against my fellow truck drivers. And it just, it went crazy. It sort of ended up everywhere. And I'm, um, Last Friday, I'm sitting at home and uh, I get this email at noon and it says Fox News, urgent. I I thought it was spam. Open the email and it's literally someone saying, hey, we're producers for the Ingraham Angle. Would you like to talk to Laura about your Newsweek piece and uh, about this announcement from Doug Ford about the provincial declaration of state of emergency? And I'm like, I had to think about it for a minute. Cause it's like half the fucking country hates Fox news and Laura Ingram. And a lot of people I'm related to hate Fox news and hate Laura. Ingram. <laughs> and I, I knew there was going to be some trouble, but at the same time, you know, that, that's a pretty big megaphone yeah. to be able to get out there and say, Hey man, my truckers are all right. What you're hearing in the media is garbage. And there's a lot of other stuff going on here in the background, you know? And I said my piece, and then my phone didn't stop. My phone blew up all weekend, uh, good and bad. And then my Twitter account got suspended because the people that did the drive-by hit on me before reported me. So I don't I don't get the DMs anymore. I have people sending me Telegram messages and emails. Hey, Gord, can you talk to this person? <laughs> they want to have you on your show. And I'm like, who are they? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know them? how I've evaded the ban, like because I'm only one character off of what I used to be, and now I've been on Kennedy, and they still haven't gotten me yet. I don't know what that's all well, about. I think
2: I, I think my problem is is there's I was on this show What's Left a couple of times, and the co-host is this crazy Australian <clears throat> Marxist lady named Amy Teress, and she got banned off Twitter for some offhand comment about elizabeth warren and she gets under the skin of all these like dems and shit libs here in the us and there's literally uh, her her other co-host oliver was telling me that there's these groups of people that literally are vigilantes at twitter for free they have like discord server channels and fucking spreadsheets with uh screenshots and they like maintain lists of all these people who've been bumped And then they kind of roam around Twitter to see if they've come back and then report them. They're like, they're like these fucking leftoid vigilantes trying to keep anybody they don't like off Twitter. And somehow I ended up in their crosshairs.
1: Yeah. I've been in their crosshairs too, with, uh, it's mostly like the Twitter APAC lobby, um, because of the people I've associated with, but it, It was like a few days after I made my new account. They were already after me, but they didn't get me. So,
2: (laughs) well, I think I think the thing for me with, you know, the Fox News thing and then getting bounced off Twitter was a week and a half before I had been called by the RCMP. So there's this, uh, there's a subunit well, of the on. RCMP. Not everybody,
0: not everybody in the United States knows what that means. So. Okay, so the
2: RCMP means Royal Canadian Mounted Police. It's like federal level cops, right? Federales. It's the Mounties. Is yeah, what the we Mounties.
0: Commie, commie, so commie.
2: There, there's a subunit within the RCMP who would be analogous to the Secret Service. They're responsible for protecting Justin Trudeau. And then within that unit, there's another subunit who whose job it is to chase down online threats made against the prime minister or what they consider threats and apparently they're overwhelmed and this guy this constable i had a very interesting chat with him i mean he found my phone number somehow and i said you know i live in the united states right like i have first amendment protections here and you have no jurisdiction south of the border he goes well yeah but we're still supposed to call people that we've identified as a potential threat against the Prime Minister. And I go, threat? Like shit posting is a threat? Like everything is. Did we pause?
0: Yeah, some something happened, but I, I think that was still you coming through Reed's speaker.
2: Okay, sorry. So anyway, I says to the police officer, like, so is you you consider shit posting a threat? Like just some rando on Twitter like me? And he goes, Well, some of the images you posted underneath uh the prime minister's tweets breached that threshold for what we consider a threat and i said well you do know like i i, I said to him like you've, you've heard of 4chan and 8chan and like the places where the real dingbats are and he goes oh yeah yeah i know all about that and i said what are you bothering me for he says well i, ju- I would just like you to stop like the fucking cops like the, the, over and above all this other stuff that's happened with Trudeau. It is flailing around in his like totalitarianism in the last mm. 72 hours. He's expending Canadian taxpayer resources on having police officers chase down people that criticize him online. Like this is fucking bizarro world, man right and then and like i I said to the cop i'm like my my grandfather drove a sherman tank across europe for the canadian military to clean out the sort of people that demand to see your papers right what's this guy doing he's turning canada into a papers please society in a biomedical surveillance state like i'm not standing for this you know the police officer says to me he says yeah i get it i didn't vote for him either but i got a job to do and you know ease up on 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 the prime minister it was so fucking bizarre and i tried to like still be nice to him you know because i am canadian after all right like i gotta be nice so (laughs) anyway that that happens then the newsweek article comes out then i end up on fox news and i think i've been on like eight or nine podcasts in the last week i've just fuck man it's it's just nuts this, uh, this story has captured the imagination of the entire world, and anybody with any connection to it is now like a hot media item.
1: Tommy well, knew both of us before we were famous, so. I did.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: happily, I happily knew both of y'all before y'all were famous. <laughs> I will never treat you any different. <laughs> You're still a couple of scumbag truckers as far as I'm
1: concerned. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that.
2: My favorite compliment.
1: <laughs> yeah i just changed my name on twitter to instead of reed coverdale extremist I it's reed coverdale truck driver now because that's more of an insult so
2: <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's funny I, I i have been doing some more writing and there's this piece that i've had like circulating in my head for a few months maybe even a year or two and i haven't quite got around to writing it and um this guy who runs a website or a blog called Am uh, 1776 sort of dissident writers and w- various weirdos right there. And he contacted me and said, you know, I think I asked to submit something to him once a few months back before all this shit started. And uh, I hadn't heard from him in a while. And then the, the Freedom Convoy kicked off and he asked me, he says, do you have anything to say about this? And I'm like, yeah, I've got tons to say. And uh, he says, well, and I explained to him this older idea I had about sort of making a medium length essay about like the war on truckers and how, you know, it went from being Smokey and the Bandit to whatever it is today. And he accepted my pitch and I wrote it and we spent part of the day today editing it and it should be going live tomorrow.
0: That's great because like, I'm thinking like with the, with the breaking news tonight, which we'll touch on here in a minute that I'm going to, I'm actually going to fast forward this, uh, episode and I'm going to go ahead and release it tomorrow. (coughs) Okay. Wow. Yeah. So I'll, I'll definitely get that link, uh, as soon as it's available and I'll put it in because, uh, you know, this is. This, this topic has become so time sensitive. There's so much happening so quickly and I'm watching it and I'm going, okay, I know what they're doing here. I know what they're doing here. Well, I understand why they're doing this, but then there are certain things that I'm just like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, why are you doing that? You know? Um, and I made a joke to Gord earlier because, um, the interim Ottawa police chief came out and said, uh, we're going to, we're going to take measures that you've never seen before. And I'm like, well, you know, after I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, well, they, they tried taking the diesel, they call it gas, but
1: it's. Yeah. They it's, keep saying that it pisses me off. <laughs> it, it pisses me
0: off too. I'm like, that's why I, 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 I actually tweeted out the other day. I'm like, yes, take the gasoline. That's really going to hurt the people. <laughs> like, like just in, in they, but they're, so they're taking the quote unquote gas. And, and then this one lady comes out, Harvard professor comes out (laughs) talking about slashing tires. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) But she wants to slash tires and arrest the truckers so they can move the trucks. And I was like, okay, like you're a genius. And then, uh, I saw like my first thought was this guy's talking about, we're going to come out with measures you've never seen before. I'm like, what are they going to put
2: boots on the rigs? (laughs) (laughs) I mean. well they've the 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 measures against the trucks remain to be seen but uh what's gone on in ottawa in the last few hours has been very concerning yeah um they've arrested two of the leadership of the freedom convoy organizers i Um, i
0: heard there were four arrests made um the only name I was able to gather was Chris Barber.
2: Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Chris Barber. And, uh, this woman named Tamara Litch who sort of got famous as being the lady who organized the GoFundMe. Okay. And she's been working very closely with the freedom convoy organizers this whole time. And she's become kind of a semi-public face of it. So she's been arrested. Barber. I don't know who the other names are. The, city of Ottawa and the RCMP and various other police forces that have been brought in to assist have set up a hundred different checkpoints around the perimeter of downtown Ottawa and they're trying to prevent people from coming in. And, um, yeah, this is all, this is, you know, snow monkey totalitarianism. It's very concerning. Your,
0: uh, did your buddy, your buddy did get out of there.
2: Yeah, so my my friend, Tim, who was parked on Wellington Street for basically two weeks when that executive order was invoked on uh, or the Emergencies Act was invoked on Monday, he uh, he saw the writing on the wall and he felt like he just needed to get out of there because he didn't want to lose his truck. And he was hooked to another buddy of mine's trailer from back in Alberta. And he boogied home, which, you know, on the one hand, you I've been having a few discussions with people about strategy and, you know, even Jordan Peterson weighed in on this. He's like, you guys have made a good effort here. Maybe, maybe it's time to regroup and do something different rather than be in Ottawa. You know, not every retreat is a loss in the totality of the war. Mm. And uh, like I say, my friend, Tim decided to retreat. And um, it's looking, I, I, I don't want to comment on anything because who knows what happens tonight, right? Like everything's moving so fast. Right. And what, what do I know? My, my, my business is not strategy. I'm just a fucking Yahoo with an opinion. <coughs> but uh, it's, it, th- this, this invocation of the Emergencies Act has literally turned Canada into a totalitarian state. Mm. Like y- your rights are not what you think they are and Trudeau is rounding up his political enemies and throwing them in fucking jail. Like this is, this is Venezuela level horseshit going on up there right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, the strategy thing is an important point because especially like if you're just, I know you're actually talking to real people, but a lot of the people I deal with are Twitter, the Twitter mob and they just want to see something happen and well it's entertaining for them you know yeah exactly like they're not even doing anything most of them haven't even left their house they're just tweeting from their computer about you know what they (coughs) want to see happen but i don't know protests and all this type of stuff have real world consequences and you got to figure like what like, like you said strategy uh what matters is results with a protest like i i mean i don't think that just focusing on justification really matters because there's a lot of protests you could do that would technically be justified and some that have happened in our history that you could certainly argue were justified, but they fucking blew up and backfired and didn't work. So it's all about like figuring out the best way to move forward and what's actually going to exact the change that you want to see. So, Well,
0: one of the, one of the things I've I've been thinking about is like, Tim Poole has been saying that, all right, yeah, they absolutely are have the right to block the streets and to protest the way they're protesting. It's, um, you know, uh, civil disobedience is absolutely necessary in times like these. And the government has to measure the way that they come in. And if they do make arrests, how they how they make these charges and how they attempt to um, come down on these protesters. So are, are what we really need to see is, are these protesters the ones that have been arrested? Are they going to be treated like it's January 6th? Or are they gonna be treated like it's a civil rights movement? And that's right. what we really need to pay attention to.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, awesome. if, I, if, if, if i may pardon me i've developed a bit of a cough here the last few days
0: you've been talking too much oh my god your voice dude. is like your voice is like shut up dude just yeah. shut
2: up oh, i've lost it a few times and had to get it back but yeah trudeau and his inner circle of people in these <coughs> media nabobs in canada have literally tried to meme this January 6th North thing into existence, mm. you know, yep. they've, they, they've seeded the narrative that like these barbarians are going to, you know, storm parliament and cause all this violence and they're all Nazis and, and nothing of the sort has taken place, you know, and, mm. and Trudeau just keeps doubling down on it. Like as if this is some mortal threat to the nation which is why he invoked the Emergencies Act, and it's like, what's the emergency? A bunch of guys parked on the streets of Ottawa trying to like protest and get their voices heard, and they've set up a community kitchen, and on Sundays they have inflatable bouncy castles, and techno ravers show up, and partiers from all over the world, you know, all over the show, and everyone's waving flags and in, in love with each other and hugging and saying, you know, it's time for Canada to move forward from the COVID nineteen regime, and. Trudeau is acting like, you know, we've been in fucking invaded or something. It's, uh, it just boggles the mind, the, the doubling and tripling and quadrupling down of this fucking midget, you know, mm. makes me angry.
1: Yeah. So what, or sorry, go ahead, man.
2: Oh, I was going to say no doubt. I, I'd i be pissed. I'm,
0: it pisses me off too, watching it. You know, uh, I was on the phone with Gord earlier and we were talking and, and I, w- I made a comment to him. I was like, what are these things these, these elites don't under fucking stand or is the working class? They don't understand our mindset, you know, and they, they think that anybody that disagrees with them is an extremist. And it's like, no, we just live in a completely different reality than you do. We are not cushioned in, in this bubble wrap, you know, of wealth the way that you are. We're down here experiencing real life.
1: Yeah. Um what I was going to ask Gord is if Trudeau sticks to his guns and keeps digging his heels in um I know Alberta was looking like it was going to be rolling back some of the mandates and stuff is there a possibility that there's going to be like like a free state project in Canada basically um, <laughs> just in a province well, of Canada or
2: well if, if there was going to be one, it would be Alberta. Alberta and Saskatchewan are pretty based, as the kids say. Um, it, it's interesting you mentioned that Alberta's dropped their mandates. Four provinces have said they're dropping them by the end of the month, and uh, health ministry, bureaucrats, and all the other provinces are in meetings talking about how they're going to drop theirs. So the fact that Trudeau just won't let this go Like, there's something – there has to be something else going on here, man. Like, he just – he's like a rabid dog. Is it all just
1: symbolic at this point? Because if all the – if everyone's talking about rolling back, you know, in provinces and the health administration – is he just trying to save face politically? Is that what this is all coming down to at this point? Or?
2: I mean, maybe, but like, there's not much face left to save for this guy. The last few weeks of just, you know, the, the no face and no clothes on this emperor. You know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> yeah. the
2: The thing I the thing I'm watching
0: is is from the perspective, and y'all both know I've been like on this fucking trail for a long time, like sniffing this shit out is the ESG standards. And mm-hmm. I'm looking at it and like, one of the things that I read and I've talked about it, I don't, I don't think I've talked about it enough, but I've talked about it a couple of times is one of the major things they ask for is, um, the is, is, is public health you know, under the, under social justice. Right. And so Um, I'm looking at it and I see these passports as part of these ESG standards, right? Like it's, it's, a it's to me, the way it looks is the, the COVID passports are a foundational part of ESG because that is something they can get the general public behind. Okay. Well, while they're flying around on private jets and reducing the amount of carbon and increasing taxes, on everything that we do on a day in and day out basis, where can they get the public to rally behind when you look at Canada, which has a a universal healthcare system? Well, this person's medical decisions affects the amount of taxes you pay. Like your taxes are paying for his medical decisions. So now like it is, it's not just his personal decisions. It's, it affects everybody within the country. And so it gives them that, that, a, a a place to foundationally lay in and say, okay, we can really lean in on the health portion of the social justice. And, <coughs> and without this, then we're not going to have the passports. We're not going to have the track and trace system. And that they are really depending on that to be in place and to remain in place so that they can, like, move these ESG standards down to the average person. And so, when you look at, like, the freezing of the bank accounts, this goes right along with the ESG system. You look at, like, what happened with Operation Choke Point under Obama, whenever they were freezing the bank accounts of gun manufacturers or or, uh, known porn stars and in saying that, oh, well, this is not a legitimate way of earning money. And what they're doing is they're weaponizing private industry. So they're publicly, they're using public emergency measures to weaponize private industry against regular people in order to move forward these standards that they see necessary.
2: Yeah, well you you've seen this with like pardon me for one sec. Um you, you saw this with the Biden administration trying to offload a lot of their covid stuff onto employers and then he got smacked down with the OSHA stuff, right? Right. Because the the government understands that they're limited by things, especially in the US with the constitution and various other things like but like what they're trying to do is subcontract out all of their plans through their corporate buddies and the quote unquote private sector to do all their dirty work for them, you know? And it's like, it's just, it's just one more piece of evidence that what free market, like the, 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 the corporation and the state now are basically one and the same. And, you know, I, I know you guys are all libertarians and I probably consider myself one at 1.2, one but like, you know, the, the, we, we can't walk, Blindfolded into this, thinking there's some distinction that's worth a difference with this shit anymore. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I don't think either of us would disagree with you on that one. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs>
2: I've kind of, I've kind of,
0: well, I guess it was when, when did I release that episode, Gord? When I started questioning the term libertarianism was that 2019? I guess. It oh was? yeah, it's
2: been, it's been a little while. it's Been a while.
0: And 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 like part of my thing, like, was is a lot of these libertarians like, like to like hand ring and sit on their thumbs. Right. And I'm like, yep. you're not, you're not what you say you are, you are what you do. And so I'm more about action, right? Which is kind of why I had adopted the term agorist for quite a while. Now I don't even really label myself anything because I just don't think it's useful,
2: Well but it isn't It's
0: pointless yeah it just it just just puts a target on my back you know yeah i'm at the libertarian institute but so are some of my best friends so what you know like i love i love those guys so it but yeah no you you're you are an accumulation of everything you've done in your life and you're not just this one thing whether it's an ideology or your worst mistake or whatever yeah there's there's so much more that goes into being a person and when you start buying into these labels and and painting yourself into this corner in this two-dimensional way it 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 allows people to treat you as less than human so i've i've kind of like avoided kind of abandoned that whole talking point of of calling myself a libertarian for various reasons
1: yeah it gets annoying i mean because you know if you call yourself an atheist or a libertarian or a christian or a republican or whatever then you know against your own will you are giving whoever you're talking to ammunition to describe you in their own way however they want to they have all these attributes that they'll attach to whatever label you've decided to use right so like I used to have some of those labels in my bio, and I realized what a mistake that was because then they automatically think all these things about you, and then you have to spend this whole time undoing it. So um, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. Like the name of my show is two labels, naturalist capitalist. So, you know, from the beginning, I'm already having to describe away what that means and undo whatever um you know, whatever assumptions people make, but we're kind of enslaved to that no matter what with the English language to an extent, like you can't completely escape it. But I agree. Like trying to stay away from labels as much as you can is, I just is a good idea.
0: I see how people weaponize them. Like, yeah. and, and I'm just like, no, a person is a totality of, of their entire existence. They are not just this one thing and sure and people people that that cling on to that one thing as if it's their entire existence i feel bad for because it's like you don't have anything else there's nothing else like i'm not yeah a podcast but i'm not a podcaster i like you know like i i do so much in a day i drive a truck but i'm not a truck driver you know like I'm a blue collar guy, but I'm not a blue collar guy. You know, like, right. it's, it's, there's so much to existence and there's so much to enjoy that these labels, they, they dilute any meaning or, or value that life actually has because yeah, then that- you, you become too attached to it and that, that you let it define you. And I refuse to let, anything like that define me
1: yeah i mean next time i someone asks me what i am i'll say oh i'm a truck driving scuba diving skiing you know podcasting um you know like just name off like 300 (laughs) different things you know because there's a lot yeah Uh,
2: read coverdale renaissance man well yeah
0: (laughs) yeah because like i i enjoy i enjoy playing with my dogs and spending time with my wife and hanging out with my kids and, you know, uh, working with my chickens and in gardening and everything I do. I, I, you know, even, even my job, it's enjoyable. Like it, it's not the best paying job, but I enjoy it because I'm like, Oh, okay. Because it offers different challenges every day. And sometimes I have to sit there while unloading a truck and I have to, Calculate, how am I going to unload this to make it, you know, to, to make it through this fucking muddy ass gumbo yard down here in the swamp of Southeast Texas and not get stuck in this fucking forklift. You know, like, you know, like there's always these challenges that I'm dealing with and I'm like, if I call myself a libertarian or if I, if I just put this one label on myself that, that it's, it's actually demeaning to myself. It makes me think less of myself because it's not a a totality of what I am and what I do and what I enjoy. I enjoy writing and I enjoy the podcast. I I, I do the podcast because I enjoy the podcast. If I didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't do it. You know, I, I, I talk to people I enjoy talking to, and sometimes you get the same types of same people over and over again, but it's those people that I enjoy spending time with. You know that I want to spend my time chatting with and brainstorming with and bouncing ideas off of because I respect them and I, I, I like how they think and they challenge the way I think and
2: in these okay, are- Joe Rogan.
1: Yeah, well, I was gonna say that's that's the problem with you right there is you know, you're you're like me. You actually want to figure out what's going on. You actually want to know what's true. Um, because you want people to challenge what you've thought, and you want to change. Because I mean, if <laughs> you're obvi- if you find out new information that you didn't realize before, obviously it's going to change you. And I think so many people do not want that. They do not want to be challenged. They don't want to find out they've been lied to because it's uncomfortable. So that's why they cling to these singular labels you know like that's why mm. they want to just be a libertarian because it's something they found that made them feel good about themselves and comfortable and they're like okay this is it this is the answer that i'm not going to question anything i'm not going to talk to anyone outside of this sphere and they just cling on to that and double down and double down instead of like hey wow this really makes sense to me i want to go talk to someone who disagrees with me and see why they don't think the same thing i do and you know it's that curiosity that leads you to be less dogmatic and you know tends to cause people to hate you because you're starting to question things and you're a heretic in their mind or whatever so i don't know i think it's it's it takes a special type of person to have the approach you do and there's no it's it's the minority i think
2: uh people really like their thought terminating cliches they're very comfortable and cozy Kind of like sitting on the couch with a warm blanket and a nice hot cup of tea. You just have to sit there. You don't have to think about it too much. You just enjoy that cup of tea and let the waves of banality and no thinking just wash over you and just sit in that couch. Exactly. Everybody else do the thinking for you.
0: Yeah. You know, Beatrix ran into this, uh, the other day and, uh, By the way, she says hi to both of you.
1: G'day, B. Hi. I'm
0: I'm horrible about that. Uh, But (laughs) she was, she, she, this guy that she's known for probably 10 or 11 years on Facebook. He, he lives in Canada. He's, he was calling all the truckers that are protesting racist and white separatists and yada, yada, yada. I mean, just any, any typical hyperbolic ad hominem you could think of it was coming out of his mouth they were
2: all Nazis. like i said uh, thought terminating cliches exactly just, you, hear, you hear them and you turn your brain off exactly and, and it's. She- i
1: got one quick question if you're an ethno-nationalist in canada doesn't that mean you want to physically remove like six people like six Eskimos up north
2: oh well Canada's had pretty high immigration and it's actually a legitimately very diverse society mostly in the cities out in the countryside it's still Ukrainian and Scots, Irish, whatever and then in in Quebec it's descendants of French so uh, it's interesting uh, one, one of the things that a lot of people in the media missed uh, they made all this noise about the swastika guy who you know there's, there's video of him he's basically a fed he's glowing so hard you could see him from pluto so we can just dismiss that <laughs> and then there, there was one gentleman with a confederate flag with like a, a rig superimposed in the middle of the stars and bars and and people don't understand if you're not from quebec a lot of other canadians don't even understand this is that um subgroups within the quebec nationalist movement have appropriated the confederate flag as a symbol of secession because they don't feel like they're part of canada and they feel like they want to have their own country I, i have no opinion on that i don't have anything to say about it but it's just interesting how the canadian media who are forever naval gazing lint analysts that want to like pick apart every single little minutia bit of information about canada refuse to acknowledge the fact that quebec separatists for decades and decades have used the confederate flag as a symbol for their own purposes for this freedom convoy thing that's been memory hold that guy's a racist and that's all you need to think about
0: Well, you know, I saw that, and I just laughed, because I was like, it's fucking Canada. Like, what the fuck do they know about the the South or the Civil War? Like, you know, what is this, the North is going to rise again?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Get it right, Tommy. It's Lenord, en Francais, (laughs) Lenord. So it's do you guys again. Are, are
1: some people in Canada wishing the war of 1812 had gone differently and we've been successful <laughs> in our invasion
2: <laughs> and you know let's go deeper let's go to the Battle of the Plains of Abraham where the English took over from the French at Quebec City i I'm kind of thinking maybe the English should have been defeated and this whole place should be French I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I heard a
0: guy I heard a guy the other day say that. That he was part of the SFM and it was on Viva Fry's live stream. And Viva Fry was like, what the hell's the SFM? He's like the small French minority. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that's funny. Well, you know, Quebec could have fucking solved all these issues if they had just joined the other 13 colonies in the Revolutionary War.
2: That would have been an interesting play. <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: So what do we, what do we,
0: all right. So what do we think is going to happen going forward? Um, I think personally, I think that you're going to see much more of the same. It's going to be a lot of bluster, very little action. What little action is going to be taken is going to be symbolic, like arresting a couple of organizers. Uh, while the rest of, like, while hundreds of people stand around listening to music and dance in the snow? You know, like, it's just, you're, I don't think it's going to be much going on.
2: I don't know. So, in case you didn't know, um, w- when the Emergencies Act gets invoked, and this is the first time it's been invoked, it used to be called the War Measures Act, but then they rejigged it in the 80s and called it something else. Um, It still has to go through Parliament. So, the Prime Minister has the privilege to invoke it but under the rules within seven days it must be voted on in parliament and then if it passes the house then it goes to the senate much like a bill passes in the united states so apparently so there was some discussion about the invocation in parliament today apparently they're going to vote on it tomorrow and then the senate hopefully next week if it does pass parliament tomorrow if it doesn't pass, if it gets killed in Parliament, then it basically immediately gets dissolved and we go back to square one where we were on Monday morning before the act was invoked. Can you so, can you
0: explain a little bit of Canadian politics to us? Um, sure. When, all right. So like the way that they do it here is they'll send a bill to like, let's say the Senate writes up a bill, right? And they put it up for vote and they approve it. And then they send it over to the House to get approved. And the house doesn't like it, so they send it back to the senate to be amended and to vote on it, right? So, do they do the same type of deal with like something like this?
2: Uh, um, in they they do that. They do that with normal bills, but because of the sort of well, it's called the Emergencies Act for a reason. I guess it's an emergency. So, so we're told um so i don't think that it go- it bounces back and forth mm-hmm. it's either yes or no on this one um so, the- so it's like an all or nothing thing yeah like either the government
0: gets all these powers or they get none of these powers correct okay
2: yeah either it lives or dies going through the house and then the senate um it's assumed that it might pass the house because the liberals are supported by the New Democratic Party, the NDP. Remember that under the parliamentary system, um, we have a few more parties, and uh, Justin Trudeau does not have a majority within his own party, right? So he's mm-hmm. only got like 33 percent of the House.
0: Yeah, so I and mean, he no, sounds like it sounds like he's losing in Parliament too. Um, the I every heard.
2: day that goes by, more and more MPs on all sides of the aisle are like, this is nonsense. So it remains to be seen whether it passes parliament tomorrow. I'm hoping that a few members of the NDP grow a pair and realize the precedent that would get set by allowing this to go on, given that it's a naked totalitarian power grab and has nothing to do with public safety whatsoever. I'm hoping some members of the Bloc Québécois realize this, because the Bloc tends to also support Trudeau. Um, I believe the Conservative Party of Canada will, across the board, vote against it. What happens next is, like I said, if the other smaller parties withdraw their support from Trudeau, it dies. If If it does pass and then it goes to the Senate, well, that's another roll of the dice. We'll see what happens in the Senate. But it's, I, I don't want to play the speculation game on that because I really don't know.
0: Well, he's made a he's made a couple of big errors. And I saw a video today where like it was like over half of parliament were booing him like openly to his face as he was speaking because he attacked some lady who happens to be Jewish as supporting right.
2: Nazis. Yesterday, yeah. So um Idiot. uh <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, so, <laughs> so. they were they were debating <laughs> they were debating in the house and Trudeau made some flippant comment saying, you know, well the conservatives can stand with those who wave swastika and confederate flags and they can stand with all those racists. And this woman rose on a either point of order or point of privilege. I
0: think her name was like Thornhill.
2: No, no, no. That's the name of the riding she represents. Oh,
0: okay, okay. okay.
2: Yeah, but anyway, she's a a descendant of survivors of the Holocaust. And so she basically said, I demand an apology from the prime minister for insinuating that I would stand with Nazis given my heritage. And I demand an apology for the entire house. This this, This is unacceptable behavior. And he fucking walked out, didn't answer her. Like what, kind? where's the leadership with this guy, man? He's, he's, he's a bug. Justin Trudeau is a fucking bug. I'll leave it at that before I fed post.
1: Yeah. I think this is the long. I mean, this, I think this is how you win long-term though. Like I've been very impressed with how this whole thing has gone. I know when I had you on the show the other day, I was telling you, I was amazed there hasn't been any violence or any property destruction or anything, but zero. well
0: there was that exactly.
2: one there was that one guy that uh,
0: that ran over those people but he was antifa so Oh,
2: in Winnipeg, yeah. Somebody somebody drove their SUV into the crowd. That seems to be a thing now across uh, culture for yeah, whatever kidding. reason. So this uh, <laughs> You guys this, picked
1: that up from us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Way to go. Thank,
2: th- thanks America. Keep that You're shit welcome. to yourselves. <laughs> Um but yeah, so this Wait this, wait until I figure out what Louisiana protesters <laughs> do. what's that fill me in i don't know anything about louisiana i've only driven through there like three times hey
0: well i mean one of the most viral sayings in louisiana is always nothing says loving like kissing cousins (laughs) (laughs) they're just trying to elevate themselves to those that of the monarchy
1: the canadians
0: no the louisianians
1: oh okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> them, Following them, suit. Them, yeah
0: them cajuns like say well it works for the
2: king and the queen why not for us
1: <laughs> yeah that's a good point though if you think about it like <laughs>
2: <laughs> well tommy you would you would know the historical connection between cajuns in louisiana and canada correct i do too the Yep,
1: french yes chasing them all the way down the river <laughs> to end up in louisiana yeah that that starts from acadia right acadia is yeah. the original word yeah, and then
0: I, I was telling i was telling beatrix the other day it was funny uh down when i was in high school in katy texas uh there was a guy he was from canada that yep. transferred to our school and his last name was in canada hebert and that's how he pronounced it hebert h-e-b-e-r-t in louisiana it's a bear <laughs> it is
2: off sale would be pronounced a, a bear correct yeah, he pronounced yeah. it
0: hebert
1: yeah so the it was the acadians who were displaced when the british retook power or took power in canada and pushed them into the united states and then we pushed them down the river into Louisiana, right? Isn't that basically the outline of how that happened?
2: Yeah, I'm not 100% sure on all the details, but yeah, they were called Cajuns because they were from Acadia, which is a a particular region of the province of New Brunswick. Yep. And I think a bunch of them were also from Nova Scotia. Um the the New Brunswick component of all those people were very very French. Um in fact, when I was uh when I was in Ottawa a couple of weeks ago, I saw the Acadian flag. The Acadians fly their own flag and you see it in New Brunswick and and I saw it being flown by a few people in, at, at Parliament Hill. It's basically it's the same flag as France except with a little yellow star up in one corner. Yep. Well there's a whole <coughs>
0: there's a whole section of Louisiana that's considered Acadiana. Yep. Yeah. You know, so, and that's that's pretty much where I'm from originally. Um, I'm from the Lake Charles area. So, Calcasieu Parish.
1: So. Well, hey, if they ever kick their fascist government in Canada, you got to come visit New Hampshire sometime. We can take a little drive into New Brunswick and go check out all those historical sites. It's pretty interesting.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I, I'm hopeful that the, covid regime ends and the vaccine requirements and testing and all the nonsense at the border ends it's probably going to because sooner or later you know the supply chains were already stressed before covid and now they've took thirty thousand truckers out of the mix and they can't replace them you know i have a couple of owner operator friends on twitter who are sending me screenshots from load boards uh in the week when the ambassador bridge was slowed down and all that some of the loads were paying $20 a mile to go from like the Midwest up into Toronto. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was getting a little bit out of hand eh? and a friend of mine, who's the daughter of a trucking company I used to work for, I guess they're saying this is the best times they've ever had. They're just swatting the work away and they name their price for everything because the market's been unnaturally constricted by this Mm -hmm. and all the controversy around the mandates and whatnot. There's just not enough trucks going back and forth across the border between Canada and the U S right now. And if you're moving, you're making a shit pile of money at the moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm interested to see how this takes place here in, united states i've heard they're actually gearing up in barstow california right now supposed to be Um, leaving
0: barstow on february 23rd is what i heard yeah that's what
1: newsmax reported and i was like all right so tell me tommy i i have not heard anything unless it's on social media but do you hear truckers talking about anything like in
0: not not here i mean no no I, I work yeah. for a company and it's all local shit. So we're not really interested in getting involved yeah. in all that shit. I mean, I've,
2: uh, it, uh, it I've, looks- had a, I've had a bit of a hard time coming by solid info on the American freedom convoy as well. And there's one, the only guy I know who has a name, is his name is Brian brace. He's been on a couple of shows here and there and he had a Twitter account and he's on getter. Um, but like, he never answers DMS or messages. Like I've tried to like say to him, Hey, you know, my name's Gord. I support you. I'm from Canada. How's it going? What's, what's happening anywhere I can find any news. And he just, he's too busy organizing. He's not actually utilizing his social media. You know, he's just doing his thing. So. I mean, I, I tend to,
0: I, I I tend to think that it is happening or it's going to happen now, how big it's going to be. And, what impact it's going to have. I I couldn't tell you. And the only reason I tend to think that there will be something that occurs is because there are some uh, left wingers that I follow that are kind of like not, not well known, not mainstream, but they kind of have an ear to the ground and they're already calling it a white supremacist rally. Of course they are. And if, if they're already amping up, the, the rhetoric around it, it tells me that there is something there. I just don't know what it is. I haven't new, like I said, Newsmax reported there, there's, uh, the people's convoy quote unquote is leaving Barstow, California, uh, February 23rd and in, and, and shuttling to DC. All right. So if this is happening. And these guys are like, uh, know something that's going on, whether they have plants or whatever. Um, I, would, I would think most of them are feds, if you ask me. Well, you honestly. know, it's, it's funny you mention
2: that, Tommy, because you know, our mutual friend Huntsman, who I sent you, set you up with yeah. have on your show. Hmm. He's, a, he's a strategy and he's a logistics guy and he's very well thought out and he understands how a lot of things work. And he sent me, before I was removed from Twitter, he sent me a DM saying, you know, do you know anybody involved in the planning for the American convoy? Because I foresee a lot of problems that, you know, I would like to offer them my free advice on how to avoid them. You know, with like political opportunists jumping on board, you know, cranks, weirdos. um, We don't have a
1: good track record with protesting and things flying off the handle really quickly. Sure.
2: Yeah. And the, the, you know, the bigger something gets the more weirdos latch onto it and then it's more opportunity for the media to focus on the weirdos rather than the message of the original um, intent of the convoy. And, you know, and, and Huntsman made some good points about all this stuff. And like I said, I've been trying to hook him up with this dude and I was unsuccessful at the time I got kicked off. So yeah.
0: I, yeah, I don't know anybody personally that's organizing, but I will tell you this. like, and, and I'm sure, Gord, you know this as well as I do. I'm sure you've heard the rumblings too, Reed. I've been driving a truck for 20 years. Gord, you've been driving for what, 25 years now? Yeah, about that. Yeah. Ever since I started driving a truck, there's been a conversation that's always kind of floated around. Because of the abuses that truckers abstain like they just like continue to bombard us with bullshit constantly that there's always been this conversation of we could shut down this entire country in a week if they don't fucking watch themselves Mm -hmm. and then it never happens no it never happens but it's like the conversation always goes about like how far do they have to push us before we actually come together and do something And if, if there's a significant amount of owner operators that have decided that they've been pushed to that limit, you're going to see massive disruption in the supply chain beyond anything that you could expect. And I mean, I went out the other day and I bought like $300 worth of meat because, and I don't even need it. I just filled, I just put like some meat in my freezer. I don't even need. To do that because i can survive on what i got here but like i i told everybody i know i'm like go buy some gas have 10 oh, 15 gallons me-
2: was that oh i said you froze up there for a half second i'm sorry sorry for 10 interrupt
0: oh no 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 i was I, but i've been telling people like go buy like 10 15 gallons <laughs> worth of gas or or and get you some meat and get you some of the <gasps> necessities Some of the stuff you need to survive because if this does happen then there's going to be a lot of pain that's going to be coming your way and you don't understand how much you depend on truckers like you just don't understand what it is that truckers do for you
1: yeah i mean you've probably seen me getting into it with some of these like boogaloo boy retards on twitter who are just like wanting this to happen And I'm like, you guys don't get it. This is not what you want to happen. This is like a last resort sort of deal. Like, I mean, for us, for the truckers, like we know how to survive. Like we're, we're, we've been used to it the last couple of years. I've been in tons of towns where there's no fucking food to eat or anything because the supply chain's already been having enough issues, (laughs) but all these, all these morons who just want to see something exciting happen. It's like, Hey, buddy, I'd be, I'd be getting ready for this. If I were you, you know, if you actually are egging this on, and want to see it happen. And, um, but you're right. Yeah. It'll be, I mean, it'll be way worse than Canada. You know, if, if something big happened here is way much more more here,
0: much more of our commerce depends on trucking here in the U S much more of our commerce depends on trucking. So, If if, if, I said it the other day, I was like making fun of a guy. I was like, but if you have soft hands, like you're not going to make it, you're not going to enjoy this at all. Yeah. It's just, it's not going to be fun for you. If you think you can just, if you think hamburger helper grows on a shelf, you're in for
1: (laughs) serious shit, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think people, they, they think, Oh, well, you know, there just won't be groceries. It's like, no, you won't have gas. Hospitals will be running out of supplies. um You know, manufacturing's going to go groceries. under in a couple oh, of weeks. Oh, you yeah. so
0: your little spoiled ass, growing up in the city with your fucking upper <laughs> middle class parents, haven't been eating every fucking day for your entire fucking life? Yeah. yeah, go fuck yourself. You don't know what it meant to go without food.
1: Yeah, and then they also say, like, well, you guys like they're telling me, why don't you just do it really targeted? Like, like why don't you keep the medical trucks going and keep the grocery trucks going? And I'm like, dude, what if, if you stop moving gasoline everything shuts down if you stop moving like i mean it's a domino effect it's not like so
0: that's so utopian (laughs) that's such a fucking that is such a normie fucking view do you not know that the same guy running fucking nestle waters is running toilet paper and running canned goods and running cereal like he's doing it
1: all (laughs) yeah dude they have no idea how anything works and i um, a couple of weeks ago, I was just getting into arguments with them. And I was like, why am I doing this? These people are fucking video game retards. They have no idea how anything, in most, the most of these people really, functions.
0: they, they really need the pain because they've never been punched <laughs> in the mouth, you know, like yeah. seriously,
1: yeah. Yeah, a lot of the people who have been, like, clamoring for this, they'll be the first ones starving on the street, begging for help. You know, it's like, yeah. okay, dude, like, whatever.
0: They'll be starting to like- go fund me, posting it on Twitter. I can't, I can't, I can't afford gas to get to the grocery store to get food that isn't there.
2: <laughs> yeah, the, the, these folks you're alluding to here, Reed, that are, you know, cheering from their basements and wanting to see it all crash and burn. They're, they're just as bad uh, and toxic to me as the sort of like email job professional managerial class commentariat online who, yeah. you know, I, I've, seen, I've seen people say, well, okay, so 30,000 truckers in Canada have been affected by this mandate. And if they don't want to work, just find 30,000 more truck drivers people okay. honestly say shit like that shit. <laughs> like they have no idea what they're talking about
0: get your ass in the driver's seat
1: bitch
2: yeah <laughs> oh, man. like to
1: see them even try to shut the parking brakes off if they could figure that out
0: <laughs> well you know i worked i worked i worked for legacy companies too so i was watching dozens every week dozens of new truck drivers in and out Is a rotating fucking door. There are very few truckers that enter the industry that last for any amount of time. Like, that's a... You're a different breed of person. Like, to be able to live in that way. It even got with me, like, the last few years where I couldn't be alone anymore. I had to start bringing a dog with me. Because I just couldn't... I just couldn't... It was driving me crazy. I was just going bananas and i used to go like three four months over the road at a time these motherfuckers couldn't go three hours without some without a fucking (laughs) coke like no shit you know like give me a break you know you listen to these fucking stories i listen to this bullshit leftist goddamn this is some of the biggest crock of shit it pisses me off every time i hear it Amazon truckers are forced to piss in a bottle. Every fucking trucker is forced to piss in a bottle.
2: <laughs> Not me, man. I've never done that. I'm never in a hurry. I'll always pull over. Fuck that shit. Oh, fuck <laughs> that, dude.
0: I'll have been. i I'll fucking push my sleep time as much as I fucking can. Yeah. I will fucking be driving down the road at 70 miles an hour fucking pissing in a goddamn
2: milk jug. I don't mm. give a fuck. <laughs> uh... You know,
0: I've I'll seen mother. Dis- you don't know,
2: have to agree to disagree on that one, Ricky. <laughs>
0: I've seen, I've seen <laughs> high motherfuckers com- high
2: capacity piss jugs. <laughs> I've seen I've seen
0: motherfuckers pouring out fucking like piss out of their fucking uh out of empty uh laundry detergent containers.
2: Yeah, like, All right. like this 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 podcast is turning to a. Uh, a ridiculous place oh, wait do you really it?
1: want us to go into the most disgusting things we've seen on the road yeah, no, man,
0: no. you don't, want, you don't <laughs> even want
1: to go into the most
2: disgusting things i've had to do out on the road I, I, i'm putting the lights on at the chicken coop and tommy's getting a level one that's it we're putting him out of, service. <laughs> enough of this shit. Oh, man. but
0: yeah no i'm just like i don't feel bad for y'all like i don't i don't feel bad for amazon drivers like the lifestyle is not fucking all you know rainbows and skittles flying out of your ass you know like just get over that idea that this is your normal job this is not your normal job
1: yeah it's a lifestyle not a job like I, i knew that when i was choosing it i was like this is not a nine to five deal where you are working and then you're not working you're when you're working you're not really working and when you're living you're not really living it's sort of like a mix of the two all the time like it yeah. just becomes it's your very life li- you know
2: it's, it's very liminal isn't it it's like in between spaces it's not yeah one thing right yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. and it, it, <coughs> and you know i was you know i was in the in the infantry when i was in the military and i don't know if without that training i could have done it you know being alone all the time sleeping in the back of a truck all the fucking time and being gone you know for three months at a time which yeah. that i mean that was hard like by the by the like you know i'd be like two and a half months into it and i'd be like all right man i gotta get out of this fucking truck because i hadn't talked to anybody i hadn't spent any time with anybody like yeah. it, it'd drive you fucking crazy you know and these people don't have a fucking clue. And no. it's just, man, in that, I mean, but these same people are saying, yeah, we need a trucker strike. Nah, dude. Like, you couldn't survive a week in a truck, let alone <laughs> like two days without a fucking meal. Yeah. You know,
1: uh, I don't, I don't know what to tell you, man. Yeah. I mean, it's it's that same kind of fantastic mentality of wanting a revolutionary war again. You know, like you see that a lot on, online, like, oh, let's kick this boogaloo off, let's get it going. And it's like, dude, it's not like you're shooting red coats out in the field. like that turns ugly fast. You're shooting your neighbors and your cousins. <laughs> and you're like, I mean, it, it just gets ugly and people don't they don't think about anything in a realistic way. It's all romanticized so yeah, well, the yeah they
0: want they they play too many video games and they
2: watch too many <coughs> movies can
1: exactly I, can i make
2: a suggestion for for those that think about such things i mean i know obviously we're dismissive of the peddlers of fantasy but there's a guy i'm a real big fan of he's from sweden his name on twitter is uh, tinkzorg uh changes his handle all the time, Anglo Respector 40 K or whatever. And he's got like anime avatars, but he's actually this, uh, Nigerian Swedish populist political operative and he opines on all kinds of this stuff. And he, he, he has some very clear and concise thinking about how a lot of this discourse out there is either like functionally r-worded you know mm-hmm. or j- just fantastic and like wh- what really goes on when such a thing happens in history and wh- what are the factors in place today that you need to think about and what's actually going to happen between all these different classes of people different allegiances different areas and all this stuff mm-hmm. he- he's on this uh, show called the good old boys a lot who are buddies of mine He's probably been on their show like twenty times, and every single one of them, he's he, he he just clarifies about how how much of this discourse is dumb and how to really think about the stuff you're seeing out there. Anyway, I just wanted to plug Tinkstorg just because it, it matched what you guys were saying. Anyway, sorry. No, your time.
0: <coughs> they. These people don't realize that the people they love and they care about are going to be hurt so badly, not only that they're going to be hurt, but the, the people they love and care about are going to be hurt. Like they're, they're just not thinking clearly about this. They, They see excitement and they jump on the bandwagon and you know, if truckers in the United States do put together a convoy more than likely I'm going to back the truckers. I mean, like they would have to have some really fucking outlandish demands for me to be like, Oh, I'm not a, I'm not a trucker. I've never associated with truckers. I don't know nothing (laughs) about truckers like that. They would have to like go way over the top in which I don't I don't, that's part of the reason I wanted to bring up the fact that this has been an ongoing conversation in trucking circles for a long time. And so if you've actually pushed this group of people to that extent to, to where they're going to take this stand. They know exactly what they're doing and they know exactly what kind of power they have and they're not doing it without really considering the consequences because people they know and love are going to be hurt too. It's not just you. It's not yeah. just the elites. There's going to be pain a- across the board. And we, we really have to consider that, like, why would, why would truckers like who spend 96% of their time out on the road to provide for their family, do something that will hurt their family? Yeah. And if he gets I, to that point, that's a desperation move.
2: Yeah. Well, it means something's wrong and something needs to be fixed, right? Yes absolutely yeah that's what i'm saying i
1: think think our demands here need to be a little bit different than they were in canada or than they are in canada because we don't have as many of the same covid restrictions that they do in canada so maybe there needs to be like something else to like hey (laughs) these eld restrictions that you've put on us are ridiculous or I don't know it's you know what i'm saying like it doesn't seem like hey lift the wearing masks on airplanes and the medical worker restrictions because that's basically all we got Um, oh yeah
0: i mean truckers i made this comment to you kind of offhand the other day that it would be like a convention of the states without the states like cooperating it would be right it'd be like a citizen's run convention of the states if truckers in the u.s did this and and what i was trying to what I was meaning by that is like you, like truckers could pressure the population into changing the constitution. Like it's right. just, it wouldn't be that hard <clears throat> because there's not, it, again, so much of our commerce is, is done by truck. Like well, the, here, rail, here. the rail system in the United States is not as strong as it is in many other countries.
1: So, should we be lobbying to end the Fed? Like, should we be like, hey, maybe we look, should? Workers. Maybe we <laughs> should. Being, you, well, you know what I'm saying though? Like, it's just if we just say, like, hey, we want federal COVID restrictions lifted, it's like, it's not that big of a change from where we are now at this point. So, it seems like if we're really going to do this, we got to have kind of a hefty demand, like real well, demands. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, that you need something that's one of the reasons the the freedom convoy in Canada has managed to engender so much support, you know, despite the media lying about what they want to do. Oh, they want to overthrow Trudeau. They want to overthrow the government. No, that's not what they want. They want the mandates across the board ended. You know, it started out being for the truckers, but they're basically (coughs) like we want them ended for everybody. It's not just about us. And we want the arrive can pass requirement to enter Canada removed because that's the first step of the biomedical surveillance state by having this garbage on your phone right. uh, under you know penalty of quarantine and thousands of dollars in fines. So if whatever the American convoy is or wants to be, they need to be very focused and have a very tight message and stick to it. And not, yeah. let, not let it become like Occupy Wall Street where you had 300 different fucking factions who all want something different and identity politics and, you know, yeah. all these rights and those rights. <clears throat> I mean, Occupy started out as a reaction to the financial collapse and then all the bailouts, but then it just like grew and ballooned and became all this other crap. And that's right. maybe why they sort of fizzled out. Um, and the Freedom Convoy in Canada, like I say, laser focused on one thing get her done. And it, I, I highly recommend that to who, if anyone here is listening, that's part of the American convoy s- stick to one thing and stick to it. Well,
1: yeah,
0: you brought up occupy wall street, which I think is interesting. Uh, it's something that I've heard like Tim pool compared to the, uh, trucker convoy. And I've heard other people say, Oh, this is very much like occupy wall street, but there's one distinct difference. Um, the people that are oper- that have organized this this the convoy in Ottawa were in a position. They had put themselves mentally in a position where they could not be taken over by radical groups, and the message being changed. So y- you're absolutely right that that like really precise messaging is super important. Uh, because that was one thing that happened in occupy like radical groups infiltrated occupy and the messaging went all over the place because of that you know and as long as you have that as long as you have the discipline to stay on target you're going to accomplish something
2: yeah and i think you know the the freedom convoy you know such as it is and has been for the last few weeks has scored quite a few W's. You know, the conservative party of Canada had a caucus meeting and they removed their leader and replaced him because he didn't stand up against Trudeau's COVID regime. Mm. And they saw what was coming down the pipe with the freedom convoy and they got rid of him. You know, uh, originally the only province who was scheduled to end their COVID mandates, like, ahead of everyone else was Saskatchewan. And since the convoy came along, three more provinces have scheduled to end their mandates at the end of this month. And like I said before, a bunch of, you know, medical bureaucrats in the other provinces are working on their plans to end what they've got going on. So we've racked up a bunch of wins already. You know, the ultimate prize is to get the feds to knock it off and then you know, like I say, the, the, the leaders of the convoy don't want Trudeau to go, although there's a lot of people within the convoy and its supporters with their flags that say F Trudeau, mm. want him gone. But their official message is we're, that's for the ballot box. We respect democracy. You guys vote him out. We just want the mandates done. You know, so that, like you say, disciplined messaging, have a goal, have an objective, show how you're going to get there, be tight with it. You'll have much more success.
0: I saw a flag the other day. It said, let's, let's go, Justin. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> All well, right. Y'all,
0: the- y- y'all got a few more minutes. I want to, I want to talk about one last thing before we jump off here.
1: Sure. Yeah, I could do like 10 more minutes. So, All right, cool.
0: So the, let's see how I want to introduce this because I thought it was extremely interesting. You got the, uh, the freezing of the banks uh, the bank accounts and they're not. So, so the, the conspiracy theory or the theory is I wouldn't say conspiracy theory. The theory is that that fucking trope has been planted into my brain. I gotta wash it out now. Um, <laughs> I need bleach. So the theory is that when these banks started going offline the other day after <laughs> the announcement of freezing bank accounts. I've heard two different explanations and I just want to see what y'all think about these two different explanations. One explanation was there was a bank run in Canada. Now I know Gord, you told me you, you hadn't had any solid, you know, uh, evidence of that or you hadn't heard anything about that. Um, and so that, but what they were saying is that a bank run on the banks in Canada would cause the banks to fail and therefore you would have all these banks going offline. The other theory was that what was happening or people that had donated to the convoy were getting flagged and their accounts were getting shut down. And therefore you had like 15,000 people saying, well, my bank's down. You know, and it wasn't their bank was down, it was their account was frozen. Mm. So, I wonder what y'all think about that.
1: I'm gonna have to, I don't know if Gord has any inside info on this because I uh, have no idea which I, one's I, true. I,
2: I wish I had some inside info on it. Um, I don't, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to speak on the banking system because I know very little about that. I did hear, um, <laughs> about these problems with the bigger banks and their systems going down uh, I, you know my dad called me the other day and my dad still lives in canada and he donated money to the freedom convoy as i did and he said i'm actually scared that they're going to come and shut my fucking bank account down because these punk hackers released my name the mm-hmm. government knows that I donated money to these guys and they're now an enemy of the state. Are they going to shut my bank account down? You know, like my, my, my father has a legitimate worry since the invocation of the emergencies act that he's going to be shut out of the financial system. Right. You know, that's a, that's a fucking problem.
0: Yeah. You
2: know, so what, whether or not the hows and whys of, you know, banks going down technical stuff, I, I don't know. But there's a lot of people who are shit scared of this Um, earlier today, I had to go and meet my sister for lunch, my younger sister lives not too far from me. And um, (coughs) we we were sitting at this place and the, the guy next to us at the bar this tavern overheard my sister and i speaking and he said so are you from canada and i went yeah he says i've been following this thing up up north for the last couple weeks man like i can't believe what's going on up there and they're freezing bank accounts and seizing people's assets like you know uh, americans are aghast Mm. at, at what that's what's happening up north and as many canadians are and uh, the, the, it's very, it was very interesting how they invoked the Emergencies Act, and then the first thing they did was, "Oh, okay, we're going after the bank accounts and financial tools of our enemies." It wasn't; it was never about public safety. It was about, you know, consolidating power and re- and, and reducing the ability of the Freedom Convoy people to do anything.
1: I, I I'm wondering if either of you know <coughs> what percentage. Banks have in cash backing of accounts. You know, like what actual physical paper money. It's got to be like I have no. I actually I I don't want to put a number on it because I have no idea. But it's got to be extremely low.
0: Yeah, it's about 10%. ten percent. Ten. Yeah. It, well, in the U.S., the law is they can loan out up to ninety percent.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. So they only have to hold 10, they only have to hold 10% of your, uh, of what your account actually says.
1: Yeah. So if there were a run, it would be a catastrophe.
0: Yes. It would, it would, it would destroy the banks. I mean, that's what happened during the destroy a
1: lot of people too, though. (laughs) Like, yeah, that's what happened. That's what
0: happened during the great depression because they had all these, they had all these notes that were promissory notes to that you could get your gold but they had been loaning the gold out and doing all this other stuff with the gold so when people when when people started panicking and ran on the banks they didn't have the gold to pay the people back but yeah
1: right it would be funny you know we're all worried about the gold standard it would be funny how much more restraining it would be if we even had to just have a paper standard like if you had to actually physically print off seven trillion paper dollars you know, like that would take a while. Oh, <laughs> you no, know, no. Like it would be able to do it overnight. I, like I could right see now. them.
0: I can see the fucking bankers back in the back whenever somebody comes to make a withdrawal, just printing it off at the moment, though.
2: <laughs>
1: that, would take, that would
2: take. You know what it would take? It would take a few logging trucks to haul some pulp to the paper mill for them. That's for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, man. it might be Seven. good for the
2: economy in the long run. <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> yeah. then a stimulus package does more than you know just printing yeah. or just digitally raising the money amount you actually have to hire people to <laughs> move the pulp and shit yeah exactly <laughs> so, yeah. yeah,
0: but no i thought that was interesting you know like i mean those are two of the theories and it doesn't mean those are the only possibilities um just two theories that i've heard out there about what's going on with those banks and why they went offline. And I was like, you know, if there is a bank run, it's going to cause a lot of problems and it's not going to just be for Canada. It's going to be for America too. We're eventually going to feel it because people are going to start getting, they're going to see that, Oh, Canadians couldn't get their money. Like what the fuck's going on? And they're gonna start hitting their yeah. banks, you know.
1: I mean, and then there's like TD Bank, and that's in these states. That's a Canadian bank, I think. It so, is. Like, yep. Tr- you know.
2: Toronto Dominion Bank. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um,
1: was that
0: TD Ameritrade or something like that? Is down here. Aren't yeah, they're, they're an alive?
2: investment. They're an investment house that's part of the TD Group. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, the uh, a bunch of Canadian banks. So when the 2008 crash happened, um, because american banks were overextended with all these nonsense instruments and bogus garbage um you know this is where possibly some regulation helped Uh, there was laws in canada with fiduciary laws on on the financial system that prevented banks from getting involved in that crap Mm -hmm. so when all of this damage took place in the american financial system and crushed you know hundreds of banks all the Canadian banks were left standing and they came in and bought a bunch of them and just incorporated to them. So there's like TD bank and Royal bank and all these Canadian banks that like are all over the place in the U S now, thanks to the 2008 crash.
0: Well, I mean, you know, you know, they came out and they, they told us they admitted that they printed $5 trillion. Right. And then after a freedom of information act, it's, found out that it was actually $29 trillion and they were sending trillions of dollars overseas to overseas banks to bail them out too. Well, wow. so, yeah, it's, it's a total fucking nightmare. What's going on now? They're talking about now they've been doing what $1 trillion a month for like two years, like, I don't know, this can't, this can't go well. And, and people wonder why there's inflation.
1: Oh, it's because of corporate greed, didn't it's, you hear? It,
0: absolutely.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, the corporations just weren't that greedy a couple of years ago. Well, actually, they just I suddenly think, had a surge of greed.
0: Well, Kyle <laughs> Kalinske, he explained it, and he told me it was because COVID caused lockdowns, which disrupted the supply chain, and so the supply chain is the cause of inflation. And that it's as, as soon as the supply chain evens out, inflation will be gone. That's what he. That's what the leftists
2: are telling me. And how okay. many, how, how many, how many followers does that fucking goof have? Too A many. You know? Way too many. Yeah. No, no, I'll, Thanks I'll, to I'll...
0: Joe Rogan. God damn it. Yeah. They should all <laughs> be Maybe Maybe minute. we should cancel Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude.
1: I, I made that point. Uh, I forget what <laughs> podcast it was like. If you want to be mad at Joe Rogan for normalizing certain views, then be angry for him having Dan Crenshaw on his show. and <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, You like,
0: want to yeah. cancel him for something, cancel him for that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
1: All right, guys. Well, plug away. Uh, yeah, I'm Reed underscore Coverdale on Twitter. I got banned, um, I don't know, a few months ago, but I'm back <laughs> and they haven't gotten rid of me yet. And then I'm on YouTube, Odyssey, Spotify, Apple Podcasts uh, with my podcast, The Naturalist Capitalist. So you can find me all those places. Thanks for having me on, Tommy. It was good. Yeah, no doubt, man. This was fun.
2: Gord. Um, oh, my name is Gord McGill. M-A-G-I-L-L. Uh, you can find I, him I, on
0: Fox News and I at Newsmax. Uh, no, so, um, I, I, I,
2: I was on Twitter. Uh, I got bounced. Um, I, I have a very tiny account on Getter um, at GordyLocks underscore zone. Um, I'm on Telegram at GordyLocks. Uh, just punch my name into your nearest favorite search engine, be it Brave or DuckDuckGo or something like that. And I've done a ridiculous number of podcasts in the last couple of weeks. I've published a few articles from Newsweek to the American Conservative to little tiny blogs you've never heard of and uh i'm gonna keep shouting from the rooftops about the righteous cause of my canadian road warriors and he's got more stuff coming he's, he's been started. on the
1: naturalist capitalist so make sure you check that right. out Right? yeah best, best <laughs> that was podcast great, in the that was a great <laughs> fucking podcast i really enjoyed that i was good
0: I, I very rarely watch live streams but i'll watch that one i was like i I was telling Beatrix, I was like, "No, I'm watching this. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like, that's it. I'm watching this one. I never sit around and watch a live stream, but I'm watching this one." But yeah. Well, thank you both. thanks. If you asked her, I would probably watch too many, but but I say (laughs) I never watch it. But yes, no, it it was a blast, man. I'm gonna stop the recording, and we will do our thing.